Stephen Kubaki mysteriously vanished in Michigan. That wasn't the end of his story, though. Almost a year later, he reappeared close to 1,000 miles away in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. We discovered last episode that Stephen's disappearance isn't an isolated incident. The area in which he vanished is also known as the Michigan Triangle. Yay! We love triangles here. But a shape. It's, it's a great shape. It's, it might be my favorite shape. Much like the Bermuda Triangle, this Midwest hotspot is home to various stories of odd and unexplainable, I would say, X-File-esque stories. But there are other stories similar to Stevens, ones in which the victims and their families weren't as fortunate. They were never seen or heard from again. In this episode, I want to specifically talk about the people who disappeared out of other triangles around the country and, I guess, other oddities that have happened in these places. The question is, are they somehow connected? Welcome back to another episode of the Haunted Detective Podcast. I'm your favorite crazy person, Kelsey, or you may call me the paranormal Sherlock Holmes. And with me is my favorite co-host, who is definitely mentally sane, Griff. That is an inaccurate description of me, and I will not have it. How, how would you prefer me to describe you? Extremely mentally ill. Oh, so we're both extremely mentally ill. Welcome to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Let's open the case file on episode two of Stephen Kubaki. Possibly one of my favorite places to discuss is the Bennington Triangle. If you are friends with me or you know me at even a little bit of a personal level, you would have heard about this place. I just like randomly walk up to people. I'm like, have you heard about the Bennington Triangle? And then I then I get looked at like I'm crazy, which I think it's fair. I, you know, hey, I just feel like there are other ways to start conversations. But, you know, you do you. Listen, I'm like uh slightly on the spectrum with a nonverbal learning disability so we're just we're just going to pretend like it's normal i'm just a little silly i'm a silly goose okay okay don't tell me about this triangle okay the area of Bennington was settled around the 1800s and was known as the town of Glastonbury. Every, every town in Connecticut is just like or Vermont is just like bury this bury that waterbury Woodbury. It's just something every time I drive through those areas, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of berries. It was first <laughs> it was first a lumber and mining community until the 1880s when all of the natural resources were used up and the land was basically left bare. Sound familiar? A little bit. They attempted to bring tourists to the area, but a flood came and thwarted their efforts. It almost um feels like mother nature is like hey you guys shouldn't be here this is a bad place please stop in 1937 the town was only inhabited by 16 people which consisted of four families and by the time bennington was settled glastonbury had become basically a ghost town it seems as if something was like i said warding people away from glastonbury mountain that's not at all foreshadowing by the way is it maybe the fact that it was a mountain and there's never really any reason to go to a mountain? I love the mountains. That's why I'm trying to move to Colorado. I mean, there's like mountains and there's like mountains. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will say that I've done a lot of running in the East Coast mountains, which we call like the Green Mountains compared to the ones on the West Coast. And mm -hmm. once you get to like a certain point, like you get to an overlook or a certain elevation, everything just goes 
silent. Like there are no birds, there are no <laughs> squirrels. It's just like quiet. Yeah, it's all that thin air. Yeah, I mean, it's really, they're not that high up. I mean, I think the most vert I got on the East Coast was probably like in the New York, Vermont area. It probably doesn't get more than like 4,000, especially like the Glastonbury area. I don't think it's like Mm. in Norway, they wouldn't consider Glastonbury a mountain. They would consider it a hill. Okay. That's, that's what I don't know. I don't know what the exact qualifications between mountain and hill are, but it seems like it's kind of big difference. The uh, the the American qualification and the European qualification, those are two very different things. <laughs> Honestly, that's fair. All right. Tell me more about it. OK, so we're going to start with the weirdest story and work our way down from there. On December 1st, 1949, James Tedford, also known as William, boarded a Greyhound bus. He was heading home after visiting relatives in St. Albans, Vermont. The bus made one stop right before breaching the line of the Bennington Triangle. The bus driver and the passengers all confirmed that James didn't leave his seat for the literally entirety of the stop and was there when the doors finally closed and they started moving again. Despite this... After the bus entered the triangle along Route 9, Tedford just disappeared, like, out of his seat, just, like, poof, gone. Like, one second someone looked over and he was there, the next he wasn't. All of his stuff was there, his seat was still warm from where he sat minutes earlier, and his personal belongings were still aboard. Like, you know how people say there was a butt imprint because he had just been there, there was, like a warm spot where he had been sitting a butt imprint on the seat like whatever you want to call it like he was there and then he wasn't i cannot stress this enough he vanished off of a moving bus okay does that sound familiar Uh, at all oh you have a uh, question no i don't have a question i just feel more like uh i don't know maybe something else happened like he fell through the floorboards (laughs) i don't know maybe i feel like people aren't as uh I feel like people aren't as observant as we like to think that we are. And maybe he could have slipped away and not have been seen, you know? I mean, it's definitely possible, but like... He could have been, like, someone could have put, he could have put like a, like a, like a, like a oblong suitcase in his seat. And people were just like, yep, he's still there. You're seeing him out of the peripheral of my eye. Or maybe they even misremembered when they were counting. I don't know. I will say that with long distance bus rides like this, I'm pretty sure that the driver like counts all of the passengers coming back in. At least that's how like movies do it. So I, I've never been on a long distance bus ride only for school. I mean, like, yeah, he could have left at that stop, but he was very literally like never, ever, ever seen again. That's so weird. Yeah, this story reminds me. That just feels like bus culture. Bus culture? What do you mean? Yeah, it's the only way to travel anonymously. Like you don't need like a fucking passport. Don't need an ID. You just need like sixty bucks in the dream. I mean, hey, if you're a unfortunately homeless person in Texas, then you get thrown on a bus and sent to California by the Texas government. No, if you're a homeless person or someone who is a refugee from South America or Central America or Mexico, then they put you on a bus and send you to another, send you to another state. So wait, no, wait, hold on. So when I lived in San Luis Obispo, California, we would get like 
droves of new homeless people in the area. And again, I'm not saying that in like a derogatory way, just like we would get droves of them. And we asked because we used to know like all of our local homeless people because they were very Mm -hmm. nice and they worked really hard. One of them made like wire art. Another one, you know, played the saxophone and shined shoes and I worked downtown and we just, we, we were familiar with them. And, uh, mm. so we started asking around and we found out that the police in Texas just threw them on a bus and sent them to California and was like, okay, ta-ta, goodbye, see you never. Best state in the union, baby, Texas. <laughs> we did that. Texas, I, is, is Texas even a part of America? I don't know. No. Oh, you know what we could do? We could start a conspiracy theory that Texas doesn't mm. really exist. Okay. Kind of hard to do when they're so goddamn loud about everything, but, you know. I mean, who's loud about anything if they're overcompensating for their lack of existence? Am I right? <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> so this story specifically reminds me of the captain who disappeared out of his lock quarters in the Michigan Triangle or even, you know, Stevens, because... Stephen had no footprints. They his mm-hmm. footprints disappeared. So like again, we have someone disappearing just like out of thin air, out of the spot they were sitting in, leaving no trace, nothing behind other than their things. Like Stephen left his ski gear, Tedford left his suitcases and maps, and the captain not well left his entire ship. So <laughs> I just, I think it's interesting that these stories seem to follow a trend. Right. If, uh, men disappearing mysteriously and never returning. Well, I will say that we don't just have men this episode disappearing, oh, okay. unfortunately. Um, so now that you all and you, Griff, have an idea of what makes the Bennington Triangle so enticing, we should start to rewind and go to the beginning. The very okay. first documented disappearance was 1945 when Mitty Rivers, an experienced hunting guide and outdoorsman, he took a party of four hunters out to the area around Glastonbury Mountain, known as Hell Hollow. Okay, yeah, that's a very normal name for a place to have. It's so normal. Like, hey guys, wanna go camping in Hell Hollow? <laughs> Uh, no, absolutely not. A, because I will never go camping anywhere. And B, definitely not in a place called Hell Hollow. Do you know those like video game series where you make decisions for the characters and change the course of the story? Yeah. Like after dusk or whatever, after dawn. Until it, dawn. Until dawn. Yes, that one. I love until that one. Until dawn, Man of Adan, the something series. There's one that's based on H.H. H. Holmes. There's the, another one where you're like in the past. What? The you're newest like one is going to be Hell Hollow. <laughs> Just saying. Anyways, <laughs> Minnie's career as a guy. Corey is also really good. Sorry. The Cor- Corey is also really good. I don't think I've played that one yet. That one's really good. Hmm. It's like a teen. It's like a, it's like a camp slasher. Ooh. Ice Nine Kills also has really good like one off slasher things in their music videos if you don't know ice nine kills this is not an ad it's just they created an entire horror movie based on their songs and music videos that were based on horror movies and then they turned it into their anyways 
I'm going off track again. I'm I'm ranting. But yes, I definitely recommend that. So Mitty's career as a guide meant that he knew the woods better than basically the back of his hand. It was familiar and homely terrain that he was used to navigating and the chances of him losing his way basically were like non-existent. And mm-hmm. I can attest to that as a runner who's been on the same trails over and over and over again. Like I could close my eyes and complete those trails out and back. And I had a friend once that posted, it was just a picture of a tree, just a random tree on like nothing special about it. It just looked cool in the lighting. She posted it on her story and I was like, wow, this is such and such trail. She's like, how the fuck did you know that? (laughs) Anyways, that, that is my rant about like, he was familiar with the terrain. I understand that it's basically impossible for him to get lost. Okay. But he did. Like, what? Uh, okay. No, I was going to say, it's not impossible for anyone to get lost, but I get it. Yeah, it's it's highly unlikely. And that's exactly what happened while he was leading the group of hunters back. After a large search party was conducted, he was officially declared missing. The only evidence found was his rifle cartridge in the stream. Again, a random item left behind from this person that just like poof out of existence. I mean, was it along the trail that he could have been taking? I mean, people drop... I drop stuff constantly, you know? All the time. Well, so he had... From my understanding, he had, like, stopped by the river to get a drink of water. But he... My hesitation with that is that, like, an experienced hunting guide like that, the last thing he's going to drop is his rifle cartridge, you know? Like, his ammunition, Listen, a lot of stuff happens in the forest, you know? It does mysterious things to you. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> the woods plays tricks on my mind. Exactly. So, I just... It's weird. I don't know. I It's weird to me. So, next we're going to talk about Bennington's Little Red Riding Hood, or Paula Weldon. Her disappearance is very bizarre, considering that it happened exactly three years to the day before Tedford's did. She was 18 years old and studying at Bennington College. On December 1st, 1946, she decided to go for a hike on the Long Trail, the same area that Mitty disappeared from. Surprise, surprise. Oh boy. She wasn't wearing a jacket, only a red parka. By nightfall, the weather dropped from 50 degrees to 9 degrees, and she was seen by multiple people. I mean, like... Her bright red outfit was very recognizable and hard to miss. And Mm -hmm. the last people to see her was an elderly couple walking just a hundred yards behind her. She rounded a corner and within seconds she was gone. Red parka and all. That's okay. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. See, it's just like, I understand if she was wearing clothing that like matched in with the match with the forest or whatever, but like a bright red parka like there are illustrations of like exactly mm-hmm. what she was wearing and you see forest mm-hmm. and then just red yeah hey hear me out maybe she maybe it was reversible maybe the inside was camo and the outside was high vis you know she's just hiding in the bushes watching everyone look for her yeah sure <laughs> so there was an extensive search and like the search party was enormous and a five thousand dollar reward was offered to whoever brought her back alive. So did anyone get that reward? Or Nope. She was gone. 
So next, we have Paul Jepson, who was eight years old when he went with his mother in the family truck to feed some pigs on October 12th, 1950. His mother left him in the truck for about an hour, which again, that, that's like a questionable decision. Yeah, like why didn't she just bring him? Like if you're going to go feed the pigs, why are you leaving someone that could be helping you do that quicker? <laughs> or like, why are you leaving your eight-year-old in the truck? I mean, yeah, that too. But like, you know, mostly many hands make light work or whatever whatever the saying is. True. Light hands, many work. Yeah, that thing. So mm-hmm. this is just a couple years after Tedford's situation. He okay. disappeared in 1949. So this is a year after Tedford disappeared. These are all like happening. Boom, 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 boom. So his mother left him. She returns and surprise, surprise, he's gone. Even though he was wearing a bright red coat, again, another bright red coat, there was no sign of him. Maybe stop wearing red. Like, maybe that's the actual issue. Maybe we're just like offending some forest god and he's like, oh, a red coat. Can't have it. And he snaps his finger and they're just gone. Exactly. So... This is also, like, the most mundane of the disappearances. Um, next, we have... We're going to, like, fast forward just just 16 days later mm-hmm. after Paul. Frida Langer and her family were camping near the Somerset Reservoir. Her and her cousin, Herbert Elsner... Herbert. That's a, that's a nice name. Do you think they called him, like, Herb or, like, Bert or something? I feel like Herbie or Bert. Herbie. I feel that for him. Yeah. So Herbie. Herbie and her went for a hike. After a mere half mile, Frida had a minor fall into a stream. She told her cousin that she should wait for her while she went back to her tent so that she could change into dry clothes. Frida was never seen again. She actually never made it back to the campsite. When Herbert asked their family, they confirmed that no one had seen her. Soon, a search party was underway, and even though five efforts were made over the course of two weeks with aircrafts, helicopters, and ground patrols, there was never any evidence of where she might have gone. Now, do we know what color she was wearing? Was she also wearing red, perhaps? I don't think so. It wasn't... Yeah, like it would have come up. ...specified. Actually, that's a great question. Imagine if she was wearing red. Then I think we've solved it. There's a serial killer who hunts people in red. Oh, wow. On October 31st. Spoopy. She was... Yeah, it really just, like, doesn't say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wild. She was 53, though. Yeah, what a way to go. I know. Mysteriously. Listen, I don't want to mysteriously disappear. I want to mysteriously appear, like... You know, you're exploring an abandoned mine that no one's been in for centuries. Who's there chilling, eating potato chips on a rock? Me. You like what a good goal to have. Yeah, yeah. You like you like do a space mission and you have the first people on Mars. Like who's just like peeking out from behind a rock filming a TikTok? Me. Okay. <laughs> like a dark, haunted, abandoned forest in like the middle of nowhere. Who's there? Is it? Is it you? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's what I want my legacy to be. (laughs) 
Okay, so much like the Michigan Triangle where Stephen vanished, there are some overtly strange legends and places surrounding the one in Bennington. Firstly, the place that mostly everyone vanished from was in close proximity to the Long Trail or Route 9, and the deeper I looked into the triangle, the more oddities began to pop up. The indigenous tribes in the area, like, refused, like, hardcore, we're not settling here or even going here in the woods around Glastonbury Mountain. They believed that it was cursed, and there was a rock that, if stepped on, absorbed people. The fuck? Get rid of that rock. Uh, I don't know. You know where the rock... Get rid of it. We don't <laughs> know where the rock is. Um, I, I don't think it was ever specified, but um, yeah, apparently this rock just... Poof. Goodbye, person. Like Thanos That's snapping insane. his finger. I know. Get rid of the rock. But like, isn't it interesting? No, get rid of it. <laughs> just fuck. Put it in a museum. Like, of course, there aren't really great records from that time because, you know, America colonizing the area, destroying historical mm. evidence and whatnot. Oh, yeah, as they do. As they do. Um, it seems as if, like, there is this myth because the indigenous tribes experienced their own rash of disappearances. Yeah, and that probably had a lot more to do with colonialism than Iraq. This is true. I, uh, Of course, I'm not entirely sure when this myth originates from but i am pretty sure it is before the area was colonized it's like old 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 myth Mm. but yeah so i definitely am seeing a lot of similarities between steven's case and these cases and Mm. i think that there's something to be said about like hey are these triangles connected like is there some energy grid under the earth i don't know i'm just i'm just spitting out theories at this point spitballing spitballing so before we start talking about uh the bridgewater triangle this next one i would just like to say that like to get all of this information and do the most thorough research i could i called i called the town archives and um requested this uh article that had been like posted onto the internet and it hadn't been photocopied very well. I called them and I was like, hey, Town Archives, can I have this article? But like a, a legible copy. And then I just kind of for the next month or so felt like I was Melinda Gordon from Ghost Whisperer. Uh-huh. So anyways, did, let's get into did, it. Did they, did they send it? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, they called me back. They were like, oh, my God. Yeah, we'll totally send this to you. Like, that's so cool that you reached out. I was like, it's no big deal, guys. Like, come on. Oh, oh boy. Are they going to be happy to hear this? Not terribly far from Bennington, there lies a place in Massachusetts, home to bizarre paranormal occurrences and other things. This area isn't home to as many mysterious disappearances, but there are other things that lurk in the woods of Massachusetts that might be even more terrifying. As we're looking for a connection between these places and possibly an explanation, it is important to investigate every triangle or every triangle-ish and why they are individually feared. Mm, But first you have to prove they're triangles. Well, (laughs) funny you should say that because Mm -hmm. i mean i mean and i mean mathematically the hard way (laughs) not just looking at it and being like well it's got three sides fair fair i i'm not really sure like what 
I guess, justifies them being called triangles. But I think like the borders and the areas in which something happens, like this one spans 200 square miles and it goes from Raybooth, Freetown and Abington. Um, So it has like, it makes like a, a little pointy point gnome well, hat thing. I mean, well, if you if you're using the triangle sum theory, then that means that the three angles of a triangle have to have a sum of 180 degrees, and it has to be two angles that form a linear pair that are adjacent and supplementary. So you know, I don't do math. I don't do it's, geometry. It's not that. It's not a triangle. Fair. Fair. There's also third angle theorem, which is if two angles of one triangle are congruent to two angles of another triangle, then the third pair of angles are also congruent, making them both triangles. Cool. Um, my brain did not process any of that, but I'm just... 180 degrees, baby. Smile and nod, boys. Smile yeah, and nod. There's five ways to prove a triangle. I think that's fair. But I yeah. also think that um, we're just going to call them triangles. <laughs> My favorite was hypotenuse leg. Oh, tell us more. Well, it's very, it's, it's when you use the hypotenuse in the leg to prove that you're dealing with the triangle. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk trigonometry today. I, I like the Pythagorean theorem mostly because of the Pythagorean dude. He, um, he had a math cult. Pythagoras. Pythagoras. He, uh, they worshiped numbers and like he believed that when you farted it was your soul leaving your body <laughs> oh okay yeah i so i like i don't know anything about the pythagorean theorem but i just like that guy because he was crazy <laughs> so um the bridgewater triangle is home to a paranormal and cryptid enthusiast dream. So, meaning, I think Trevor Collins would very much like this triangle. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, full of cryptids, full of Jersey Devils and Mothmen and the like. Yeah, more or less. More or less. So, um... It is so notorious that there was even a feature about it on CBS News, and I think that's saying something, um... An author, Jeff Bellinger, told WBZ TV, quote, the Bridgewater Triangle, I think per square foot, we've got more weirdness here than the Bermuda Triangle could hold a candle to. And the reason... Oh, well, I mean... Oh, so you give the reason. He, all he said the reason, of course, is so much history. Oh, I was going to say the reasons because you can walk to it and you don't need like a plane or a boat. I think that's very fair, to be honest. It's just a numbers game at that point. It's just like forest, like triangles. ocean. Yeah, one's a lot easier to stumble upon. I will say that the Bermuda Triangle is kind of funky, wonky, and ooky spooky. But you know, well, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I will say that, like, beside that, it's a big statement to make, considering that the Bermuda Triangle is like famous beyond words like we said like i said last time there was even a scooby-doo movie about it oh yeah that's how we all learned about it as children and thought it would be a way bigger issue uh in our lives much like i don't know volcanoes and quicksand um i mean volcanoes might be a big issue there, there's a there's a super volcano in Italy right now called Campi Floreggi, and um it's due to erupt because in the past 
year, it has had thousands of tremors and caused two, four magnitude earthquakes. And um, oh, so like a Pompeii situation, like what are we dealing with? Um, well, it has lava chambers that are connected to Mount Vesuvius, which caused the destruction of Pompeii and Herculaneum in 79 AD. And uh, so if Campi Floregi goes off, then they think Mount Vesuvius will go off. And if Campi Floregi erupts, then the global temperature will drop by like two degrees. They also think that Campi Floregi is the reason that Neanderthals might have gone extinct like 40 or 50,000 years ago. So. Oh, okay. That's super cool. Yeah. I love living through so many unprecedented times. It's kind of so good and fun and awesome. Major historical events. Too many, if you ask me. Way too many. But I will say that, like, if you want to join me, I think, like, this summer I'm going to go on vacation to the Bermuda Triangle and just fucking vanish. I'm good. No, you don't want to? No. Oh. I'm I'm good. Yeah, if I'm going to vanish, I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. But, uh, what if I just tell people that I'm going to the Bermuda Triangle to disappear and then I disappear and then, like, reappear three years later in a foreign country with a new name and identity? Uh, you could probably sell that story for a lot, I think. That's true. I'm Kelsey, and it's, you're it's watching my... Disney Channel. Next up is The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way to, like, follow up any disturbing or unhinged thing you say. It's just, you're watching Disney Channel. I like to, I just like to say, well, that's that's just your opinion. I prefer to do it that way. Fair. That, that insights, works too. Insights, insights more rage, so... Uh, good old gaslighting. So, Bellinger recounts his time spent in the woods of Bridgewater and the things that startled him the most. Quote, Even I got spooked when I came across perfectly picked clean bones in the woods that looked like the ribbed cage of an animal. I believe there is paranormal activity that goes on here. Whether it's a vortex or not, I don't know. But I do know the reports come up again and again, and they are from credible sources. It's the past coming to the present, and that happens here. It happens everywhere. That's profound. Okay. I, I think my past comes into my present a lot. It's called PTSD. <laughs> On that note, let's get into it. The first and most important thing to discuss when it comes to the Bridgewater Triangle would have to be the rash of heinous occult-style crimes that plagued the area in the 1970s to early 1980s. Hashtag satanic panic. Satanic panic indeed. It was September 8, 1978, when 15-year-old Mary Lou Aruda was on her way home from high school. They found her abandoned bike only a half mile from her house. Even after a week of air and land searches, there was no evidence as to where she went. And then on uh -oh. November 11th, and I will administer a trigger warning here, a girl's body was found. She was decapitated. 11-11, but unlucky. Oh, I thought 11-11 was when you make a wish for good luck. Hmm... Well, <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> she was decapitated, badly decomposed, and tied to a tree in the Freetown State Forest. The site was disturbing, to say the least. And by November 29th, James Cater, a sex offender, was arrested for her murder after a positive identification of her body was made through dental records. Disgustingly, James was to be married the day after he so savagely murdered Mary. Oh, okay. Maybe that was his bachelor party. Oh, God. 
So it was right before Halloween in 1978 when a local 17-year-old was abducted. Lisa Arcudi had run away from her killer barefoot through a Bridgewater field, but her escape attempt didn't work. She was shot four times and killed as the last hitter in the heart. Unfortunate, okay. Very unfortunate. It seems as if the full moon brings out the worst in the people of Bridgewater, on, or just everyone in general, I guess. On November 14th, 1978, a gunman held a couple hostage until sunrise. This is noted by an old article as only one example of the rash of crimes that happened on that night. Barely a year after Mary was murdered, Diane Dion's body was found. It was January 12th, 1979 when she was abducted. A man jumped into her daughter's car while Diane was waiting for her to finish shopping. He drove off with Diane in the passenger seat. It took one day for her body to be discovered. She was burned, quote, beyond recognition and in the trunk of a car. Her body was still warm hours later. After they discovered her, three other cars were also found burned in a similar way, but devoid of bodies, I guess. Okay. The final car they found was a yellow Fiat filled with shotgun pellets. Here's the catch, though. She was the mother-in-law of police chief Benton W. Keene. Oh, so he did it. We don't know. He did it. It's always the police. (laughs) When in doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah, because why would they investigate themselves? And also, men hate their mother-in-laws usually, and also cops. So if if I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to place a bet... I'd say he did it. On November 3rd, 2015, police received a phone call about a fire next to the MPTA train tracks. When law enforcement officials got there, the discovery they made was just completely gut-wrenching. On fire was the body of 29-year-old New Jersey resident Ashley Bortner, who had been abducted. She was bound and gagged. By the time police put out the fire, 70% of her body was burned. Now, is all of this stuff happening in, like, the same triangle of strangeness? Yes. And, like, and, and, but everyone just thinks it's, like, a, a, a mystical thing and not just, like, some, like, like, I don't know, some sort of multiple killer. The article that I called the uh, town archives to receive kind of accounted these as, like, these instances kind of make what else happens, which we're going to talk about next in the triangle, feel a little scarier and a little less ordinary. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? It always does. So, again, I, I'm not excusing what happened to these people. Um, whoever did it is 100% responsible And they are 100% tragic. We cannot excuse murder for whatever mystical reason people may want to excuse murder by. So just to put that out there. Right. She was bound and gagged. And by the time police put out the fire, 70% of her body was burned. 48-year-old Julian Squires and 50-year-old Fernando Owens have both been arrested on the counts of kidnapping and murder. They are said to be sentenced or were supposed to be sentenced on June 8th. So 2023, I'm not really sure if they were yet. Um, But again, that's not what's important in this case. But I'm sure they went to jail and 
are rotting for the rest of their lives. Uh, hopefully. So not only does the Bridgewater Triangle have a slew of weird and occult style crimes, but the terrifying paranormal aspects surrounding the mysteries of this place makes everything we just talked about that much scarier. Like I said before, it's kind of less of a expl- like, ooh, ooky spooky triangle murders. There we have it. Less of an <laughs> explanation and more of like an extension of the weirdness happening. Yeah. Okay. It's the one place. Uh, huh? Okay. Uh, I'm just skeptical. Yeah. Okay. That's your job, so I get it. <laughs> it's the one place where aliens, monsters, cryptids, ghosts, and demons can be found in such close proximity to each other. Paranormal anomalies for thousands of years. Imagine driving your car one night, and I want you, Griff, to close your eyes and like fully picture this. Okay. You look out of your window and you see a giant black bird with the wingspan of a small plane hovering just above the road, staring at you, taunting you. Then suddenly, as soon as it came, it vanishes into thin air. Oh. I think I would um, shit my pants. I think I would just be like, damn, I got to pull over and fall, go to sleep because like, I'm seeing stuff. I don't think I've ever been so tired that I've hallucinated, but fair. <laughs> well, that just means you must be getting more sleep than me. Oh, that's that's probably not true. But uh <laughs> insomnia, yeah. <laughs> she got American Idol. Um like I said, I think I would shit my pants. Um or I would just like look out the window and be like, that's weird. I'm not going to think about this until I get home. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna easy breezy right over that one so sightings like this happen all around the triangle and they aren't exclusive to giant birds for thousands of years people have reported seeing hellhounds giant cats elusively mythical snakes yes you heard me right aliens and even bigfoot okay all in this one area all in this one area all right so when it comes to aliens and UFOs, I, as you all already know, I'm not a huge subscriber to the concept. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that there's something out there? Absolutely. But, and I'm going to get so much hate for this and we will possibly lose some viewers or listeners. I absolutely do not think that there were flying saucers in the sky floating around with the sole intention of abducting people and experimenting on them. Oh, so you're not an alien believer. I'm not an alien believer. That's interesting. You all the paranormal stuff, but aliens seem out of out of out of the realm of possibility. Okay, so scientifically, right? If there mm-hmm. were extraterrestrial lives that were advanced enough to travel mm-hmm. light years to get to our planet, right? Then they wouldn't need to hide amongst us or experiment or do any of I- this stuff. Mm, counterpoint have you seen how we be how we act with one another have you seen how we react to other humans have you seen what we do to each other on grand and micro scales if i feel like we are the we are the arkansas we are the flyover state of the universe and nobody wants to fucking come here so we're the crime we're the crime ridden city that nobody wants to visit i i get it i do i understand but where's this detroit 
10 <laughs> years ago. No one wants to go here. Okay, but hear me out. They would just, they would have the technological capabilities to just well, like... peaceful. Oh, that's true. Then why would they also, be experimenting on people? It's not violent. I don't know. We experiment on stuff. We don't think it's violent. That's true. We don't... Also... Also, counterpoint, I feel like maybe there's a thing where every single civilization that gets to an advanced point like we do where we're at right now, I feel like maybe, I don't know, they're also violent warring people and they end up taking themselves out before they can do cross universe travel. You know, they all probably just like nuke each other out of existence like we're about to do. I love. And I think that just happens like every single time a civilization gets advanced. That's why we've never heard from another one. It's possible. I think it's possible. Or they are without planet and want our planet. And in that case, they would probably have the technological capabilities to take our planet. They don't want this shithole, but let's, <laughs> I digress. They're like, this planet's dying. Let's let's cut these people open, experiment on them, look into their minds and see why. Exactly. It's like a, it's a going out of business sale. Everything's <laughs> a dollar. To, to be fair, though, I understand the concept and believe that people believe. Just like you might believe that I believe in ghosts and that I'm not crazy for believing in ghosts. Sure. <laughs> God. <laughs> Griff has been here the entire season one and part of season two being like, wow, this bitch is fucking crazy. Why did I sign up for this? Listen, mildly deranged is all. I just swallowed mildly. dog hair. <laughs> oh my oh. God. Gross. This is definitely saying in the podcast. Oh my God. Ah! Anyone who has pets knows. <laughs> Anyone who has pets knows. It is in our pores, this dog hair and cat hair. I hate that. <laughs> so again, this is coming from someone who avidly believes in ghosts, portals, and other outlandish stuff. But I, tr- I attribute a lot of alien sightings to other paranormal phenomena. That goes without... Agree to disagree. Agree agree to disagree. That's fair. I think that's a civil way to go about this. That goes without saying. This is my personal belief and opinion, but I wanted to put it out there before we discuss UFO sightings. So, um, let's, let's do it. Let's discuss it. Are are we, are we changing, um, perspectives right now? Am I the skeptic and you're the believer? Well, I just feel like if anything's more likely, extraterrestrial life is, but, you know... I'm not Universe saying it's so big can't just be us. That's insane. Well, I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying they're probably not here because why would they want to be here? Uh, it's I don't know. Why do kids run into abandoned old spooky houses? Because it's fun. OK, so we're on the same page. Yeah. Fun uh, summer activity or when Christmas activity, holiday activity, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Fun we're holiday. America, you do a probe. Well, fun holiday activity. Go to a haunted house. Go ghost something. Get possessed. Mm-hmm. Find your ex. Exchange mm-hmm. your soul for his soul. Boom, you have mm-hmm. your body back. Boom, you don't have to worry about your ex anymore. Is this the plot of Jennifer's body? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so these sightings aren't just a modern day occurrence. Their belief in what they saw is not just a product of popular media. Their reports back from the colonial days of the sky turning a sulfuric yellow for like days at a time. And they would call oh. it a yellow day. <laughs> just casually. Yeah, just like like you do. In more recent days that are there have been a lot of sightings of spook lights. These are seemingly random balls or orbs of light that appear in the sky. This phenomenon was even featured on an episode of X-Files. 
People typically see these lights in January next to the Raynham dog track. So I guess it's like a dog racing place, which totally ethical. I mean, they're just they're just running. Dogs run all the time. They're just running. They're just they love to run. Exerting My themselves. My dog's favorite thing to do is to take off at full speed as soon as she can at any given moment. My and, dog. You know, I don't know. Maybe I should put her on a racetrack. My dog just swims in circles for hours. That's her thing. Uh. Then something unexplainable happened to people eating at Joseph's restaurant on Park Street. The power suddenly went out, and as the restaurant was cast into darkness, two large circular imprints were left in the dirt behind the restaurant. Everyone went home that night feeling as if they were visited by a UFO. Throughout the next few years, there were more than several UFO sightings. Specifically in 1978 and 1979, when a radio host named Jerry Lopes reportedly saw an unidentified flying object that he claims was just that, an alien spaceship. He said that it was shaped Mm. like a baseball home plate with red lights on the top and one large white light at the base acting like a high beam. Mm. So like stereotypical UFO style. Yeah. So a flying saucer type type beat. Flying saucer type beat. I, I like that we think that the 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 saucers are just like big circle on top, flat circle on bottom, alien goes in big circle and looks out like it's a like it's a freaking tank. Yeah, I mean we might not be able to comprehend what it actually is if we saw it, if it existed, you know, True. our brain has to make sense of these types of things. I think um, it makes it seem a little less imposing that it looks like that. I don't know. This feels pretty imposing to me. <laughs> Mumbles off into the distance. What? Rivals looks, that thing looks fucked up. And the rival. What, what's the one that uh happened the alaska one with mila jovovich um fourth kind is it i don't think i've seen that one uh that one's a good one i'm unfamiliar that's the only alien movie that's actually like scared me all right well check it out left me feeling like so there is a creature called a thunderbird as told by the algonquin and iroquois people it would create thunder with the flap of its wings as lightning shot from its eyes this sacred bird controls the heavens or upper world while a panther took charge of hell or the underworld the lightning bolts were used to attack creatures that crawled out of the underworld or in other regions of the country underwater spirits people started seeing these birds in the triangle in one instance In the summer of 1971, a police sergeant named Thomas Downey was driving down a back road at 2 a.m. when he came upon a giant winged monster in the road. It was over six feet tall. Yep, hate that for him. It was over six feet tall with an 8 to 12 feet wingspan. Downey called the sighting in, but by the time his colleagues arrived, the bird was nowhere to be found. Imagine being a cop and then, like, going back to the station being like, guys... First of all, I will never imagine being a cop. <laughs> Fair. But like imagine how like how much his colleagues made fun of him after that. Yeah, they were like, look at this fucking idiot trying to do work. <laughs> they probably called him like stupid bird downy or something. I probably just call him like 
Thunder Boy for the rest of his career. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So Thunder other cop? Undercop. That Undercop. actually sounds cool. That sounds like it'd be a cool, like, dystopian universe uh, movie. Sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon from the 70s. Or like. Thunder, thunder, thundercop. <laughs> and criminals getting them caught. You know, like that. <laughs> or like, or like a Jetsons episode. Exactly. Yeah. So, other beasts, and I, I'm going to say this. You can't see it, but with like air quotes, beasts have been spotted as well from giant black panthers, dogs, and even boa constrictors. There would even be police searches for these animals, especially when the local farms started having their livestock mutilated. It seems like the Bridgewater Triangle always has something interesting going on. Most of these. Yeah, too much almost. <laughs> way too much, like that author said. Most of these sightings line up perfectly with the local indigenous lore, and it really makes me wonder, or you wonder, or whoever is listening to this, it might make you wonder or think or say, hmm, what is happening? Does it make you wonder, Griff? Uh, Like what's out there? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something. I just don't think it's ghosts. <laughs> it's or monsters. paranormal. And so let's do or the monsters. monster mash. It was a graveyard uh. smash. Ah, no. uh, bro, I just think it's, I don't know, aliens makes more sense if it has to be something non-human. That's I, all I'm saying. And you know what? Some people say that about Steven's case, too. Aliens. Could have got abducted. They got abducted. So there's a lot of information here, and we aren't even talking about the ghosts that haunt both of these locations, but... That's, again, like, I feel like we covered the most important stuff here. So, Stephen, much like many of the disappearances we discussed in this episode, vanished. Just poof, gone, and all of these weird events took place in triangles. To make it even weirder, Stephen reappeared pretty close to the Bridgewater Triangle. And I think that there's something to be said about the relevance, especially Tedford's case, where he vanished from a moving bus, or... You know, the cases where people just randomly left things behind, just like Steven did. Yeah. Okay. No. I mean, again, if you're gonna disappear, the bus is the way to do it. Anonymous modes of travel no longer exist, and the closest thing we have is, I don't know, you could take a, you could take a $1 megabus anywhere. Like, I feel like, and this is even, like, farther back. There's not even, like, cameras everywhere, you know? That's true. Like, you just, you just fuck off. Just just go away. Just bye. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> the the amount of times I just want to like vanish mysteriously and then like watch from the shadows as everyone looks for me. Is that is that deranged? <laughs> no, it just sounds like you're trying to gone girl everybody though. I low key, low key. But not like set anyone up. Just No, she was a hero and she should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact of the matter is we can't say for sure that Steven's disappearance had anything to do with the triangle itself. I personally don't believe in coincidences, but to further this investigation, I think we need to talk about... We need to follow other clues, other paths, other footprints to see where they might lead us. And one case that really stands out to me is the Yuba County Five. It's a story about five men 
They vanished under mysterious circumstances, but unfortunately were found dead. And all of the clues point to this case as being relevant or able to be used as like comparative evidence. So I think next episode, we need to discuss it. Oh boy, can't wait. Oh boy, woohoo, yahoo, yay. <laughs> Disappearances, woo. I yep. Mm. I meant that I, uh, sarcastically. I just, America's too big. It's goddamn country. It's, it's, big. it's goddamn it's big. country. It's too big and it's so empty. The center of it's so empty and so creepy and so full of what I assume are terrible, horrible crimes. I assume every single thing that happens between cities or between uh, cities is basically the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's what I assume is happening at all times. That's just me. That's just my opinion. Listen, you can't convince me that Delaware and Nebraska are real. You can't. They're not real. (laughs) It's like everyone on the East Coast will be able to agree with me that if you've ever driven from like New York and beyond to Maryland or like anywhere past that point, it's like you pass over this one bridge and it goes now entering Delaware. And then like you drive five feet and it's like now leaving Delaware. And I'm like, you're not real. You're not a real state. Stop faking us out. Everyone who thinks they're in <laughs> Delaware, they're actually in Pennsylvania. Okay. That's my rant. <laughs> no, okay. That's that's my conspiracy theory. I don't know enough about the east the upper east coast to confirm or deny, so I'm gonna take your word for it. And then Nebraska, like, come on, what what even is in Nebraska? I don't know. That's like an extra thing that we had. We should just get rid of that. That's just just merge it. Merge that with whatever state's next to it. Just wrap that all up together. Put the Dakotas back together. Arkansas and Kansas, put those together. And I feel like we're going to be better for it. Okay, so um, Arkansas, I had to drive there to visit my sister once and um, horrifying. It, it is. But they also steal names from like every other country and state everywhere <laughs> and my favorite is arkandelphia okay and then texarkana <laughs> so you go right from texarkana in texas you cross the state line and it's arkandelphia and i'm like i know people from texarkana but arkandelphia <laughs> why no that one's a, that one's a bit of a stretch that's not even close by i'm just like guys come on and then you get like to nashville arkansas paris arkansas like there's None of the names in Arkansas are original. Not even Arkansas. They stole it from Kansas. So. True. Very true. Well, that's a wrap on episode two. I hope we see, hear, interpret, perceive you guys back next time. So we're going to close the case file on Stephen Kubaki for today. Just like shut it down. Close that yellow folder. And don't forget to follow us on all social media. Instagram is haunted.detective. TikTok is haunted underscore detective. And Griff's social media for everyone who is hashtag team Griff is the... Wait, can, can you say it? Oh, yeah. All my socials are the underscore indoor kid. If I'm on a site, that's probably going to be it. And if you don't see that, that's because the site didn't allow an underscore. And it's just one word, the indoor kid. Or, uh, oh, I also do a podcast uh, called the RT Podcast. Uh, we uh, That's been pretty fun and cool. So if you want to hear more of me uh, rambling, you can check that out. And uh, we also have a TikTok at the RT Pod where I do fun stuff on there too. And don't forget to say something nice because as I always say, we're sensitive. I'll cry. I'll, I'll stay in bed all day. So please be nice to me. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, you guys obviously favor Griff, so I don't even have to go there. So, you know. All right. Fine, whatever. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're blowing this out. Of, you're blowing this out of proportion. They they literally the our Discord channel, which by the way, you can join if you subscribe to our Patreon or if you just send us a message before we close it off to Patreon subscribers. Our Discord channel is like Guys, I want a t-shirt and I wanted to say hashtag Team Griff. Otherwise, I don't want merch. <laughs> okay, anyways, we will see you back next time. <laughs> <laughs>